Well, hello there, friends. We're back. This is the long-awaited season two of the Praxis podcast. And in our previous season, we talked about the intersection of faith and mental health with some incredible folks. And uh, in this season, we're talking about the topic of discernment, specifically discernment and wisdom as it applies to making decisions, large and small, as we seek to be faithful followers of Jesus. We've selected this topic because, especially for young adults, there's a lot of big questions that need discerning. You know, where do I go to school? Do I go to school? Do I get into this relationship? Do I end this relationship? Do I attend this church or that church? Do I stay here or go somewhere else? Those all are questions and more you may be asking in your young adult years and beyond. So the question is, how do we face those in faith, in connection with God? We're getting into those questions and more this season, and our hope and prayer is that these conversations are a blessing to you in your walk with Him. Speaking of conversations, as I was in our first episode and will be for some subsequent episodes, I'm joined today by my friend Patty Crone. Say hi, Patty. Hello. Patty is a director of care and equipping here at Three Crosses, all around amazing person, and we're so blessed to have her joining us for these chats. Well, here on the Praxis Podcast, we like to start each conversation with a precious moment something in recent memory that brings a smile to our face, something that's sparking joy at this time. So, uh, Patty, perhaps, do you have something that comes to mind on that subject? Okay, so I am supposed to be, I'm not always good about it, being gluten and dairy-free. Okay. So something that is sparking a lot of joy is the Mariposa treats we have in Cafe Four. Ooh. There's a lemon coconut that is especially amazing, and so I've don't feel like I'm missing out. Mm. And I also recently found a great flourless peanut butter chocolate chip cookie recipe. So I would say right now what's sparking joy is sugar that I'm allowed to have. <laughs> that sounds like a blessing indeed. Thanks Absolutely. For <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Patty. Uh, I think for me, maybe on the theme of food, uh, something that's sparking joy for me is the farmer's market in my neighborhood. Oh, I want one. Yeah. it's We live in uh, Niles, which is a kind of a little district part of, of Fremont, a neighboring city here to Castro Valley. And um, one of the things I really enjoy about where I live is I can just, I kind of take a five to seven minute walk and on Saturday mornings, there's a farmer's market. And um <clears throat> This is kind of another part, but I, my, our family, we grow these flowers, um, dahlias that we, and for several years we sold them at this farmer's market as well. So I know some of the vendors, you know, and I've That's been out cool. there Saturday mornings. And so recently, uh, the sad thing is when our flower farm is open, I can't go to the market. So it's nice when we're in the off season because every Saturday I just walk over. There's this place where they sell like make your own ramen kits. Ooh. So it's like it's like a condensed soup base you can like reconstitute in water. It's like ready-made noodles that like are you know ready to eat in like 3 minutes and they they'll sell you like the pork that you can slice yourself to put in there and like the bamboo shoots. Yeah. And um it's delicious. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> I know. This we're, sounds good. I'll we're, we're, meet you there Saturday. We're <laughs> recording this kind of at lunchtime so I'm uh, I'm kind of hungry as well. But uh, so I'll I'll buy some Asian pears and some uh, you know oranges and there's a, a coffee vendor there that makes a really delicious honey lavender latte. 
Mm. And um, it's just a great time. So I, I really enjoy a good farmer's market. And that's something that's been bringing me joy recently. Well, with that, we get into today's conversation, which is kind of what we've titled Foundations for Discernment. So we talked in our last episode really about like the what and why of discerning. What is it and, and why does it matter for the follower of Jesus? And even Patty and I, we were talking about just even just that desire in our hearts to say, I, I want what God wants for my life. I want to honor him. That that's, that's means we're already so far down the path of discerning, right? Of like, I, I'm seeking him. I want to honor him. Um, think about that G.I. Joe quote, you know, knowing is half the battle. Uh, you know, maybe when it comes to discerning, longing is half the battle, you know, just longing for what he wants for our life. And that's a desire, a, a heart posture that, that delights God, you mm-hmm. know, and really is we're already in a place to, uh, to discern well with him. Um, so before we kind of get into like the pathway of discerning, like what are the different avenues through which we might come to a tentative decision that we bring before the Lord and then move forward with, um, before we get into those different elements, just kind of talking about maybe what's around discernment. You know, so before we get to the work of discernment, what is the, the pre-work, maybe the, the framework, the foundation that has to happen in us to come to a decision that requires discernment? How do we do that well? So any thoughts there, Patty? I think just that sense that, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, that the decisions that we make matter. There's a history. There's a growth process that we've been on. We've, we've seen the, the beauty of, of making discerning choices, of ta- slowing down, and recognizing that uh, as we slow down and we invite God into things, that it does lead to flourishing. So I think there's a there's a spiritual work that that's happening in us that is aligning itself to being made in God's image and yeah. and having a place in this world, having meaning, having um, purpose, and then wanting to fulfill that purpose. So I think I think having a very robust Christian worldview is a huge part of the pre work of discernment that 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 God is up to something and we want to join him. So those would be a couple of things that would pop up from, for me. Yeah. I think as you kind of alluded to there, um, we had kind of been discussing this idea that t- to do well in discernment, we have to be growing as a discerning person. Yeah. You know, we just did a, a whole, the, our, we spent the whole fall in our uh, college age ministry praxis talking about wisdom, you know, just kind of growing wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Eugene Peterson, he defines wisdom as kind of the art of living skillfully in whatever circumstances we actually find ourselves, you know? And so as we just talk about discerning decisions and specifically, right, we really, for us to do that well, it has to be kind of part and parcel of a larger work of just growing to be a wise person that we're maturing. I remember my youth pastor used to tell us that um, everybody grows old but not everybody grows up, you know? (laughs) And um, yeah. It's catchy for a reason. Yeah. I mean, he told me that 20 years ago. I still think about it. Mm -hmm. So um, that if we want to be kind of wise discerners, Mm -hmm. that we have to be just engaging in that process of growing in Christ-likeness, you know, yielding to the work of the Father, Son, and Spirit in our life. So as we're coming to a decision, perhaps, and saying, hey, I want to navigate this well, I think an important question to ask is, am, am I growing? Mm-hmm. You know, am I, um, am I becoming wise? Am I seeking him? Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, as we mentioned, just the fact that we're asking the question is often kind of a proof of life, you know, of spiritual vitality that otherwise it's just like, ah, you know, feels right, you know, or this is what everybody else is doing, or this is what I've always done, or this is what I did before. Um, We can just kind of float along in those things. But if we're kind of going against the flow of just convention or past decision and saying, no, I want something different here. I think that that's a sign, a spark right, of the new life that Mm -hmm. God is growing in us, and are are we yielding to that? Do you think connected to that, too, is learning from the times we didn't slow down Mm. and discern? And rather than going to shame or blame or victimization, we say, okay, I want to learn. Part of the maturing process is learning from our mistakes, right? So I think that's really beautiful and can be a very gracious way to look at past decisions that didn't go well is this was a growth opportunity. This is a chance for me to mature. There's a song that came out years ago. Um, I think it was Nicole Nordeman. It says, Dear Me. Mm-hmm. And it's a song to your younger self. And it basically said, some things can't be learned without time, you know, and to receive the compassion of God that we're part of the part of caring about discernment. It comes from not, not discerning <laughs> yes, and <laughs> recognizing that that didn't go well. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And but receiving that as as God's uh, invitation to grow, not shame, be shamed. Yeah, maybe sometimes the uh, the impetus or the passion for wise discerning comes from maybe the pain mm-hmm. of when we maybe neglected wise counsel. Yes. Maybe we went against mm-hmm. what other people were saying, mm-hmm. you know, who mm-hmm. and said, you know, I'm going to do this anyway, right. you know, and then we had to deal with the desolation, mm-hmm. the fallout mm-hmm. of what we can kind of just say was a bad decision right and and then to say just to allow that not to be a word of shame mm-hmm. but an invitation to grow yeah. you know and I think that that really is a gospel conversation isn't it isn't you it? know because mm-hmm. there's only one that grew perfectly in wisdom and stature mm-hmm. before men and God and that was Jesus you yes. know we're joining him in this journey of maturing I think there's so many decisions I made that longing for discernment came from making them without discerning yes you know and and to be able to say it's part it's part of being young too you know we don't want to stay there we want to keep maturing but it's part of an age little kids don't make a lot of discernment between me and the broccoli they just (laughs) do it (laughs) you know and we don't expect them to but as they grow and get that stomach ache or you know what i mean then you know so anyway i think it's i think it's an important piece kind of came to mind what i'm kind of hearing as you're saying that is kind of like having compassion with yourself yeah receiving god's compassion Mm -hmm. because uh, that can really be a roadblock to moving forward it can kind of just grind us to dust you Mm -hmm. know if we're crushed by the Mm -hmm. weight of our previous bad choices shame is not a good soil to grow mature (laughs) in it's not a good soil yeah it's a good soil it's a good shame is valuable in waking us up and recognizing mm. something's not right, but it's not a place to park. Yeah. And it won't to growth. Um, it's a, it's an awareness. Yeah. That I did make the right choice. And this isn't who I want to be. And God is with me and he's changing me and, you know, move forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a gospel word to lift us up mm-hmm. and out of, you know, not like trying to wash it away and mm-hmm. say that what bad is good, you know, but instead of a, a word that's crushing, you know, I think about, I think in second Corinthians, Paul talks about, you know, 
there's this kind of grief that leads to death. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just this downward spiral of self-loathing and why did I do that? You know, Mm -hmm. and we just kind of go down and down and down. And then he talks about a godly sorrow that leads to repentance, Mm -hmm. you know, and I can't really embrace that if I don't believe that God can redeem even my bad choices, you know, that God can lift Mm -hmm. me. He's walking with me. He's not, he hasn't turned his back on me because I ignored wise counsel previously, mm-hmm. but he's saying, you know what? I can even take all of what you've done. Yep. I can weave it into an incredible tapestry. So don't, don't stop believing, you don't know, <laughs> like believing. don't, uh, don't think that that was, there was no, no, no. fatal error no. there, you know, but it's, it's something I can, we can yeah. walk out of and into a brighter and more beautiful future together. Sure. And that's possible because of the work of Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Right. So I have to believe the gospel if I'm going to make decisions well. Otherwise, I'm just going to think like I kind of bounced off the bumpers one too many times mm-hmm. and it's game over. Right. You know, and it's interesting. Yeah, I am feeling a bit emotional talking about it, but that was something that I felt in the lead up really to me accepting Christ was, um, well, I guess it was the the span between accepting Christ and really accepting Christ. <laughs> really living, really following. <laughs> yes, because uh, when I was like a, a freshman in high school, I um, was invited by a friend to a youth group, you know, kind of like what we have here at Three Crosses. You know, it was like 250 people in a room filled with couches, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it was fun. My friends were there and there was a guy up there talking about Jesus, you know, and it was, it was fun. So I kept coming and I came to a summer camp and, you know, they gave a gospel invitation. If you want to you know, put your hope in Jesus Christ, have this peace, have this, you know, settledness with God. Um, do you want that? And I said, yes, I do want that. But I also want to keep doing the things I've been doing, you know? So I often tell people that um, that kind of set off, inaugurated perhaps one of the most miserable times mm-hmm. of my life because I kind of knew enough about what I was missing, mm-hmm. but I was unable to let go of what kind of had a hold on me. You know, and so I was just kind of, my life was kind of bifurcated. I was living Mm -hmm. this growing chasm of hypocrisy and it was exhausting. And, and kind of in that season continued to make poor choices. You know, it was not the things my youth pastor was talking about. It's not Mm -hmm. the things that my parents, you know, wisely counseled me not to do. It was the opposite of those things. And Mm -hmm. it was stealing my life away. Right. And I really got to a point where, um, you know, in my kind of later high school years, I just felt like I've made too many mistakes. You know? I can't go back. I can't go back. And, um, and that's right where the enemy wants us. Right. And, right? but that was also right where the gospel shattered my life, you know? Praise <laughs> Jesus. So yeah. that's when I heard, yeah, I went away on a retreat when I was really at a low, uh, it just like, I, I screwed up one too many times. There's no way back for me, you know? Um, and to just what I sensed from God on this retreat when we just we talked about the gospel we talked about some other stuff was um, yeah just I didn't you know, hear an audible voice but just a sense from God saying like yeah I mean you made a lot of choices that weren't wise but I want you more than I ever have you know this isn't the end of the story this is the beginning of the story and that's what changed everything for me was just knowing that that could be true. Um, And I would imagine that can resonate for people hearing this of like, I've made a lot of bad decisions. You know, like, could I ever get on a track to making good ones with God? Does God still want me? Even though I've, you know, 
rejected good advice. I've rejected the counsel of God's word, you know, to do a bunch of bad things. And I had to deal with the fruit of those bad decisions. And discernment doesn't doesn't mean anything if there can't be a new tomorrow, right? If there can't be a new beginning. And just to know that that's true um, is an important starting point. You and I have similar salvation stories and um, that, yeah, that, that voice of, I, I want you more than I ever have, I think is so true of the gospel and Christ. He moves towards sinners. He's not repulsed. Yeah. We see him as moving towards sufferers, but we think with sin he's repulsed, but sin actually causes us to suffer bad choices, wrong choices, cause us to suffer like nothing else. And he moves towards us. It's his kindness that then brings us to repentance, which then leads to the path of growth towards <gasps> discernment, yes. right? Then, then we want to make a good decision because we're loved. We're not wanting to make a good decision to be loved. And that's such a distinction mm. with wisdom. I see some people angst over making a good decision or discernment because they think their relationship with Jesus is on the line. And it's not. They're starting from a place of being loved. They're not trying to earn it. So, and that makes it, that makes a huge difference. At least it did for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think about this phrase. I think I was teaching through Ephesians one and it's this idea that we live not for blessing, but from blessing, you know, because I think in Ephesians it talks about we are blessed in every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus right now, you know? And so I'm living out of that blessing. I'm not, chasing it you know like it's out Mm -hmm. there like god is holding it in a sealed envelope here's Mm -hmm. blessing come get it you know Mm -hmm. like if you check all the right boxes if you perform well enough you know because that's really the story everywhere else in our lives right to fight that um, the gospel's so critical to discernment yes to finding the freedom to actually hear god's voice Mm. and our decisions is we need to know we are truly loved and we belong to him yeah he's for us we're talking about kind of the pre-work of discernment, and that's really an internalization of the gospel message. You know, I love how Tim Keller says that the gospel isn't the ABCs of the Christian life. It's the A to Z of the Christian life. It's not that we are saved, you know, into the faith by the gospel, and then we're perfected by how good we do, you know? But it's really the gospel that carries us along on the path of maturity and on the path of discernment, you know? And it's the gospel that keeps inviting us forward into making decisions with him that it's like man i made some stinkers back here (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like maybe i'm off the team you know maybe god's like you know what never mind no more free will for you because you blew it but he keeps inviting us you know to walk with him so the gospel is a big part of that framework and this is a, a topic that we talked about as well with that is just um is honesty and that's you know, honesty about our desires and about the things that might hinder us from accepting God's guidance. And we were talking before, um, kind of I thought about this picture of like a, like a magic eight ball, you know, mm-hmm. that toy that you kind yeah. of shake and it says, go for it or wait or never in a million years, you know? And so, you know, when I was in middle school, maybe one of my friends had one of these and I'd say, you know, will, will Susie go out with me, you know? And I'd shake it and it's like never in a million years. And I was like, you know what? Let's shake it again. You know. <laughs> I saw that twinkle in her eye. She she likes me. Come yeah. on, eight ball. Yeah. <laughs> and I think sometimes we can 
just at the outset uh-huh. here, I just wanted to name that. Yeah. That will this will come up again in some of our subsequent episodes. But our ability to really embrace whatever God has for us is going to be hindered if we can't be honest about the things that are keeping us from being totally open to God's leading. You know, I'm sure we could all think of decisions where it's like, God, I'm open to your will for me as long as it's not this. this. (laughs) And maybe that's really like on the front burner for us, or maybe it's kind of in the back of our mind. But as we start down the path of discernment, whatever it might be, um, I think a key part of the framework is just asking ourselves how free am I in this decision? If it's like, you know, I've, I've met with many people who maybe were kind of, there was hand-wringing about a dating relationship, for example, you know, and it's like, I really, you know, should we stay together or should we break up? Um, as I'm often sitting with people, you know, it's kind of labeling you know, the, the pros and cons. We're going to talk about some of that process in this season. But, you know, as, as I may be sitting and listening with them, You know, it's like I kind of know what I should do, but I don't feel free because I want this, you know? (laughs) And uh, we'll talk about how we overcome that, how we face that. But I think it's important at the outset to just know that about ourselves and ask what are the things that are maybe we're kind of putting our finger on the scale. You know, we're trying to tip it one way or the other for whatever reason. Maybe it's we're afraid of the unknown, so we don't want God to lead us into something we don't we haven't been before because we're scared you know and so just to have the freedom to be honest with ourselves and maybe as other people speak into our situation you know of like can you see that you're not as free as you could be in this situation and maybe and then once we have that we can ask well how could I get there God how could I get to a place of freedom or God just before you I'm naming the reality that I'm scared You know, like, I feel like you might be leading me to this place, but I'm afraid to go there for these reasons. And that can open up incredible intimacy with God. But we have to be honest. Yeah. You know, sometimes being honest is the hardest thing to do, isn't it? And sometimes we have to ask for God for the honesty. We we are, I mean, I am chief of the self-swindlers. Like, I can talk myself into anything. Mm. And so I need help. And maybe asking others, but also asking the spirit to reveal what are some things that are hindering this decision? What are some of the desires of my heart that I need to recognize? Sometimes we don't know what they are. We just know we have a gut or it feels funny or weight on our shoulders. We can sometimes feel it in our body, but we don't, can't name it. I think God is really faithful when we ask him, oh, search me, oh God. You know, you know me, yes. Psalm 139, see if there be any, any you know, wicked way or way in me. And God wants to shine that light on it for us too. Mm. So honesty can also be part of this journey too of, I know that I'm not always honest with myself. So can you show me? I really do want to see, you know, yeah. so honest with the fact that we can't be honest. Yes. Right. Yeah. That honesty is, the honesty itself is an obstacle. So, <laughs> yeah. oh man, we're complicated <laughs> I, creatures, aren't we? Absolutely. <laughs> Thankfully, we do have a God who does know us inside and out, and there's no place we can go outside his presence. Back to Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is a great psalm for discernment, actually, isn't it? It is. It's a really good one. And that's kind of where, as we're beginning to land, I think that's a a fruitful place, as I was just thinking about some precious truths Mm -hmm. that can kind of, Mm -hmm. we can kind of carry with us as we walk into discernment. And I think some of that truth there in Psalm 139 
is really precious. And I think, like you said, that prayer that he closes with, search me, O God, I think that's a very courageous prayer, it isn't is, it? It is, <laughs> but it's life-giving. It I is. mean, it's, it's courageous, but it's actually, in, in a weird way, more courageous not to because you're now relying on yourself. Mm. Anyway, but yes, it's still very courageous, right. for sure. For because sure. I mean, some of us, and the thing is like that it's that prayer is us inviting God's knowing. Cause it's it like, is. God, you know everything about me already. Yep. Right. If you're inviting you, me if, to if see. If you are who you mm-hmm. say you are, you know, you're yeah. all knowing, omniscient, all powerful. It's like, you know, all the hairs on my head, like mm-hmm. nothing's hidden from, from you, you, but mm-hmm. I'm invited. I want to be known, you yeah. know, and I want to know myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes for me, I just don't want to know, you know, like <laughs> right. sometimes if I, like maybe I get a text, I see who it's from. Mm-hmm. I don't want to read it. Yeah, I just I don't open my phone because like as long as I don't, don't read it's it, not there. Maybe it's not there. Maybe it's maybe it's not real. Uh, it's like little children when they hide behind their index finger yeah. and they say, "You can't see me." <laughs> like, yeah, I can. Exactly. And so I mean, I I for one, I never get past that. I'm yeah. still living in that place Absolutely. sometimes. Absolutely, and that's part of honesty. Absolutely. <laughs> but Absolutely. Yeah. It is, it is pretty amazing when you think about Psalm 31 and, and even just the whole idea that you know my thoughts before they're on my tongue. He, he kind of even knows what we're going to decide, which is crazy. So Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, some of this conversation, we're sort of dancing around like, uh, you know, free will and slash sovereignty. predestination, mm-hmm. which we won't be discussing. But it's, it's right <laughs> That's there. That's next season. Yeah. <laughs> That's Pastor AJ. He's going to get into that. <laughs> the tension between human responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. But as you mentioned, I mean, you referred to um, Genesis 1, mm-hmm. that God invites us to kind of walk with him, yeah. you know, fill the earth, subdue mm-hmm. it, um, and walk in intimacy with him. That's mm-hmm. the picture before the fall of our place with God, you know, is like he's empowered us to live and move in the world as his ambassadors, as his image bearers, mm-hmm. but he doesn't invite us to that in isolation. No. But he Never. says, do that with me. It's not good for man to be alone. Let's walk together. Yep. Um, and then he gives us each other too. Yeah. All things we will talk about more Yay. in this season. Yeah, maybe as we close and just kind of a final kind of consolation from God's word. And this is kind of a framework from a book I mentioned um, earlier, which is called God's Will by J.I. Packer. And uh, really the framework of his book, he, he uses Psalm 23. Hmm. And um, I was telling Patty earlier that that, I mean, that's a psalm probably for many of us listening and for me personally, it was the first sermon that I preached here at Three Crosses. Um, And I preached it coming out of a uh, significant time of darkness in my own life. And um, so it's a psalm I've reflected on much in many different seasons and times where I was kind of walking, kind of laying beside still waters and times when I was walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And what strikes me there is just the confidence with which it begins. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I will not lack anything I need because the Lord God is my shepherd, right? And then ending by saying, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I just, maybe I admire, I envy, I long for that kind of confidence. You know, and I think that that's the confidence that God invites us to operate within under his shepherding care. You know, it's like the sheep, they, they have they have some freedom, you know, mm-hmm. out there to kind of go and graze mm-hmm. and whatever they're getting into, but the shepherd is guiding them. 
you know? And so if you're listening to this and you're kind of, you have a decision, perhaps you're pondering, if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, the Lord is your shepherd, right? And that can just kind of allow us to maybe loosen some of that mm-hmm. tension in our mm-hmm. shoulders, mm-hmm. you know, just take a deep breath and say, the Lord is shepherding me. He hasn't given up on me yet. And if that's true, then I don't have to be so afraid, you know, of the decision that I'm facing. It might be consequential. It might be significant. It, it probably is. Hmm. But we can operate like kind of Liebert. She mentioned that in her quote that it invites us into a climate of faith, hmm. you know, of a trust in the nature of God and my relationship with him as my shepherd. He's going to lead me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He's not going to give up on me. He's the one who leaves the 99 to find the one. You know, if I go off track, he's going to come seeking me. He's going to bring me back into fellowship. And so I don't need to be afraid. You know, and I think a lot of times fear is what paralyzes us in decisions, right? Of like fear of missing out. Like we said earlier, fear of what if I make a wrong choice and God's got the right one behind his back, you know, is he going to be upset with me? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so I think we just, I think that's a beautiful picture that kind of sets the scene for discerning. You know, we're going to talk about how we kind of come to a tentative decision and all those sorts of things in these subsequent episodes, but just knowing that's kind of the, the air we're breathing. You know, that's the, that confidence that we can have, that gospel confidence that the Lord is my shepherd and I'm not going to lack anything I need. And how much more of a promise is this for us than David as he writes it, who had seen the Lord's faithfulness in just miraculous ways. We have the shepherd who laid down his life to go through our valley of shadow of death for us to prove to us and your goodness and mercy follow us. Like that's it. There's no punishment left for us. If we make a wrong decision, all of the punishment for any wrong decision we make has been poured out on mm, Jesus. Amen. And what chases us now is goodness and mercy. And the cross is the evidence of that. And then the beautiful thing is he rose. And so he leads me on these paths of righteousness sake for his righteousness, for his namesake. We're in, empowered by the spirit so he's not only his mercy and his grace are chasing us but we're empowered by his very spirit to become to become like him and so then our decisions like at that quote you had last week then our decisions get to be a part of shepherding other people Mm. and entering into what god's doing so it's really yeah psalm 23 is is there's so much gospel hope Mm. and goodness and peace for the pit in the stomach the heavy shoulders for decision making absolutely it's a great one. I'm, I'm glad you identified that one and shared because I think that's a really important one. And it's when so many of us know that we can grab it. It's super accessible. Yes. You know, there's a reason why people know it. <laughs> it's one of the most beloved of the scriptures, they, you know, for anybody. Because it's, it's so comprehensive, right? It really so is Genesis to Revelation too. It's like mm. the whole story of the Bible, but it's cool. Yeah. So thanks for bringing that up. I think I needed to hear that today for my decision making. Well, with that, we draw to a close our second episode of season two of the Praxis Podcast on discerning decisions. We hope that uh, this episode was helpful to you in your walk with God. As always, I want to thank uh, Patty for joining us for this conversation. Thanks, Patty. Thanks for having me. And we hope you found this conversation helpful and hope you'll tune in and listen as we continue to explore this topic of discerning decisions. Have a great
great day. Oh, 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 oh,